There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positive or negative. Have swept the twins. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. Ah! It's time now for the soon to be award winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Well, for those watching on YouTube, a great double chin moment doing the Howard Dean celebration by yours truly. Welcome inside edition number 184 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, if only in my own mind, presented by my friends at Beads Coffee Company. More on them later on in the pod. As we get rolling and before we get to Jazz 88s and Score North's Manny Hill, our Manny quota for the month of October, a reminder to please rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple and Spotify if you have yet to do so. That would mean the world to me. And please tell your family and friends about the pod. And don't forget that Minnesota Sports Chat is now on YouTube. Just search Minnesota Sports Chat, subscribe and enjoy. We always enjoy when Mr. Manny Hill comes on the pod. Manny, great to see you as always. Likewise, my friend. Always a good time. You know, we we do this walk down memory lane a fair amount. When did we start college in air quotes? Was it September, October of 2005? Yeah, we're coming up on uh, pretty much 18 years now. Happy 18-year anniversary. I didn't even think about that till just now. What did you get me? <laughs> well, uh, a, a Twins playoff series win would be nice, right? That would be awesome. Uh, by the way, full disclosure, we're recording this the morning of October the 3rd. So some of you may hear this after the Twins have won a playoff series. Some of you may hear this after the Twins have lost a playoff series. So we'll talk about the Twins, but it won't be too much of a deep dive into the playoff roster or what the playoffs may look like for your Minnesota twins. We might get into that a little bit, but specifically not a ton on the twins and blue Jays, Manny, I'm going to go three teams with you. Vikings, Gophers and twins. Do you want to start with the twins? Because they are probably at least right now, the a team in town beginning their playoff series. Yeah, we can start with the twins. Let's do it. So here's my plan for today. I want you to give a thought on the twins. I'll give a thought and then we'll move on. Okay. We'll do the same. We'll do the same for the Vikings and Gophers. That'll work. Um, Thought on the twins. Well, I will say I I will give them a ton of credit. You know, I was not super high on them um, when we were talking during the, I think it was during the all-star break or like close to the midway point of the season. And they were just kind of middling around 500 and, and they were kind of flip-flopping with Cleveland in the division, you know, for the division lead. Uh, I will give them a lot of credit. They played a lot better in, in, you know, the latter part of the season, separated themselves, did what they were supposed to do. They were the best team in the division. I think we all kind of thought that they would, uh, you know, at the start of the season, I think we thought this team should be able to convey, you know, contend with the AL Central. I think 
the White Sox being terrible, <laughs> I think, really aided in that because, you know, I think people had some high expectations for them as well. I did, um, not to cut you off. I completely whiffed on that, and I was still buying into them. Did. I was still buying into them in, like, late May and June. I'm like, ah, they still got four months. They'll turn it around. Yeah, they yeah. never did. Yeah, and, and I think that really helped the Twins. Um, and, and, look, I'll give the Twins a lot of credit for, you know, the, the criticism that they received during the first half of the season, and, and I think a lot of it was warranted. Um, they turned it around. They took care of business, won a bad division, which is – find that that those those banners hang forever so um so yeah and and here they are and and i will say that you know my thought is that i think they're better equipped now to to make some noise in the post postseason than they've been in recent years past and i think that includes the the bomba squad of 2019 that team for as good as that lineup was you know they just didn't have the pitching depth i think to really give you know give them a shot at at going on a run i do think that this team is better equipped for that with the sort of the front of that rotation um i think it's going to come down to you know if they if they can hit enough you know i know i I think they're capable offensively but you know they have to put it together and that's if you if you think about the twins playoff losing streak ross i mean we've we've made a lot about you know the pitching depth and they don't have enough starting pitching and yada 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 but you know, they haven't necessarily hit particularly well in the postseason either during this losing streak. And that's been a big problem. And so, you know, I do think they're going to need to to come alive with the bats a little bit. You know, they've done that in the second half of the season. Uh, now they've got to have it translate to the to the postseason and they need Carlos Correa to be at his best. Royce Lewis needs to be, you know, as good as he can possibly be. A lot of the younger guys are going to really need to kind of carry this team offensively. I don't have the exact date off the top of my head, but it has been X amount of games since the Twins scored more than four runs in a playoff game. It might actually be in a losing effort back in like 2004, 2005. Yeah, maybe they've scored four, but they haven't scored more than four. It's ridiculous. I was actually going to try and pull that up, and maybe I still will here as the pod goes on. Manny, my thoughts on the Minnesota Twins... I reserve the right to believe the Homer Hankies this year say we believe. I don't know if I believe yet. I got to see what this first series looks like for a lot of the things that you laid out. We've seen better teams have better regular seasons or at least better teams by wins and losses. Maybe not truly better teams. There is a case to be made that this team is playing about as good or better than any Twins team that's made the playoffs in recent memory. But again, Manny, to your point, I don't know how we can judge those wins and losses when the month of September was a cakewalk schedule for them. Give them Mm -hmm. credit for winning the games. I just don't really know what that means. And yes, they're allowed to celebrate their division championship. They're allowed to do the champagne. They're allowed to celebrate it as if they won their division with 110 wins. So I, I defer or differ rather from people who say, oh, celebrate when you win a playoff game or a series. So my thought, I need to see what happens here before I really say, okay, they have a shot in the divisional round. They have a shot to maybe win another series or go on a run because yes, I think the pitching is really good. I don't know if it's good enough to compete in the long term in the playoffs, but it's good. 
you know, you can't have those blow up innings that Sonny Gray often has and Pablo Lopez occasionally has. If you have one of those in the playoffs, you're very likely going to lose that game. Those guys, those guys need to be on. And if Sonny Gray or Pablo Lopez do have that big three or four run inning that they give up in, you know, one of the middle innings of of any of these games, your offense is going to have to pick up the slack. Correct. Nothing prevents them from scoring runs. Yeah, exactly. And you've got you've got guys in your lineup that are hitting well and are capable of hitting well. Carlos Correa didn't have a great season offensively, at least, you know, from a batting average standpoint. Um, and I know he was dealing with the plantar fasciitis all season long and, and all of that. But but we know he's we know he's capable. And it's a guy that has had a lot of success in the postseason with his years with the Astros. So he is capable. We know Royce Lewis is capable. We know Matt Walner is capable. We know uh, Eddie Julian is capable. We know the guys in this lineup, you know, uh, Jorge Polanco. We know these guys can hit because we've seen them do it. It's just a matter of them putting it all together at roughly the same time. And, you know, if you're if if you're starting pitching isn't giving you exactly what you need them to get you, then okay. The other thing is the, the bullpen needs to pick up the slack. The bullpen has been a little bit of a question mark for most of the season uh, with some guys. And even the closer has been a little dicey lately. I mean, even that I was at the game that Friday night when they won the division and, and uh, Duran <laughs> took a little bit of an effort for him to close out that, uh, that angels team that night to wrap things up on the twins, Manny Hill. I have it. Game four, October 9th of 2004, the Minnesota Twins scored five runs in a playoff game that actually came in 11 innings. I believe they scored a run or two in extra innings, and that may have been the game they left Joe Nathan out there for like seven innings and he gave it up late. Am I am I no, thinking that game correctly? That was the game that Ruben Sierra hit the monster home run off of um Juan Rincon to tie the game in like the eighth inning because Johan Johan pitched that started that game and pitched really well against the Yankees at the Dome and oh, then yeah. Ruben Sierra hit the big home run off of Juan Rincon and then the Yankees scored I think a run or something in like the top of the tenth and, and won. The Twins led five to one and at one point had a ninety six percent chance uh, win expectancy per ESPN. So that yep, was yep. Johan pitched great and the bullpen fell apart. That was the last time the Twins scored more than four runs in a playoff game, October 4th, 2004. Manny Hill, one thought on your now one and three and not dead yet, Minnesota Vikings. Well, there's a pulse. <laughs> Maybe that's my thought. There's a pulse. Um, I, I Ross, these next three games are absolutely critical in terms of where this where this team is going, you know, for the rest of the season. You got a really tough opponent coming in on Sunday, obviously the defending champions in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then you go to Soldier Field and the Bears stink, but we've seen this team go into Soldier Field and lay an egg in Chicago against the Bears when the Bears have stunk before. So that game is critical. And then you got San Francisco, who's playing as well as anybody in the league right now, coming in after that. So these next three games are really going to be critical. If you can win two out of those three, you know, you should beat Chicago in theory, you should beat Chicago. And then if you find a way to steal a game against Kansas city or San Francisco, 
Um, then you're, you know, then you're three and four going into that matchup with Green Bay. And in Green Bay, I'm still a little bit, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly how good they are. But you're three and four going into week, you know, week uh, seven or week eight at that point. My math is off this morning. Um, then I think you, you're you're in decent shape and you can see where Detroit is at in the division and maybe you're still kind of within striking distance because the schedule does get a lot easier than that, um, you know, later on in the, in the season. Matthew Collar and I were talking about this on uh, Purple Insider Hot Routes last night about how much easier the schedule actually gets towards the second half of the season. Um, it's a little bit more manageable, but you got to get through these next um, these next three games. You got to find a way to win two of them, I think. Well, I'll save everybody time. My one thought was almost verbatim, literally everything you just said. I'll condense it down a bit more. If you don't win two of the next three in the long run, beating Carolina is going to be meaningless. Yeah. Because if you don't well, win two of the next three, you're probably not making the playoffs, even though that schedule really lightens up. And having a better pick would, would I think, be better for the Minnesota Vikings in the long run. Yeah, and and I think this goes back to something that you and I have talked about for many, many years. When, especially in football, when you lose a game to a team that you should beat, in this case, I'm talking about Tampa Bay week one. Um, and I know the Bucks are three and one, but I'm still a little bit, I'm still a little bit hesitant to, to you know, confirm how good they are. But that's neither here nor there. You lose a game to Tampa Bay week one that you should have won. You got to find a way to make it up later on. And so this is where you look at the San Francisco and Kansas City games and you got to say, okay, well, you got to steal one of those. If you steal one of those, then maybe you're you're kind of back into where you probably should be at this point of the season. So that's that they've got to they gotta steal a game that they shouldn't that they shouldn't win because they kicked one away to start the start the season. Well, and they did already have a chance to steal a game at Philadelphia. They didn't. And you can also make a case that they need to steal back a game by blowing a game to the Chargers, which was incredibly winnable. Almost borderline handed to you and you still couldn't get it done. So it's, I mean, you are what your record says you are. We talk about that all the time. That's a that's a Bill Parcells deal at the end of the day. You're one and three. And again, I could argue at the end of the year, if you're nine and eight or eight and nine, I would rather have had that loss to Carolina. But we're still at the point of the year, Manny, where I do believe for the most part, since the team is not eliminated from playoff contention, when the team wins, you go, okay, great. When they lose, you go, okay, even better. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I, for years now, have said, I just don't know what the upside is with this Minnesota Vikings team. If you're banking on getting to nine and eight, 10 and seven and a wild card spot, or maybe the division, who knows, and then getting hot and winning three games, likely at least two, maybe three on the road. That's just not a bet I'm willing to take with this team and this organization. I'd rather, I'd rather try and tear it down. You know, as I always say, be bad to get good. And I I think we're on the doorstep of that for the Minnesota Vikings with everything they're facing with the quarterback situation, who, by the way, and we'll I'll close here with this on the Vikings. I do largely still believe in. I've never wavered in my belief that you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. I think far worse quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. Not many, but they have. But the issue here now and lies by the time this team more than likely realistically is ready to compete for a Super Bowl again in a couple of years. Kirk Cousins is approaching 40. He's not going to be a part of that anyways. 
So there's probably no point in keeping him around past the season unless the team does what they often do go on some run, get back at the playoff race and maybe even make the playoffs. But we'll see. I think if you lose to Kansas city, no matter what you do the next two weeks, that makes the math incredibly hard. You got to start stacking and stringing together some wins right now before that back half of the season when the schedule does seemingly lighten up, but who knows what the Vikings will look like at that point later in the year. Who knows what the teams they're playing will look like later in the year. Manny Hill, one thought on your three and two and hopefully soon to be three time quick lane bowl champions, the Minnesota golden Gophers. I still have a path to six wins, Manny. My one thought the path to six wins does not include a win against Michigan. <laughs> your, <laughs> your one thought, Manny Hill. Uh, just get to a bowl game. <laughs> if you got a, if you got a, if you got a limp to a bowl game, then you know if you're three and five and you kind of limp to a bowl game towards the end of the season, then so be it. I don't care how you do it, but you just just find just find a way. You know, just find a way. You've got some looking at the schedule now. Um, it's not there. I don't, I don't think it's going to go great on Saturday. You know, I think it's. I think you and I both. No, it's probably not going to go too great for but them on despite, Saturday. But. but despite the loss to Northwestern, Manny, there is some meat on the bone. There's there's still a path to six wins despite that brutal loss to Northwestern. Yeah, there is. I just the problem the problem is Ross. I just don't. They're they're, they're five games into the season, and to me, they have yet to put together a complete football game. Head you know, coach I mean, said as much in his weekly presser. And 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 I just I don't know you know where where's that gonna come from? Like when when is that when is that complete game going to come? They might play a complete game against Michigan on Saturday and still lose by 14 points. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I just don't I don't know I don't know how good they are. I don't I just don't know if they're particularly good at all. And that's why I'm kind of in the, in the camp that you're in, where if they just find a way to get to six wins, then then I, then I'm okay with that. I I just, I mean, you and I exchanged a lot of texts just during the first couple the first couple games of the season. You are far I'll, more frustrated than I am, and and I'll be yeah. honest about that because I I had my bar, my high bar for this team was six or seven wins. So to mm-hmm. me, the Northwestern loss just said okay you're probably more like a five win team that may stumble into six. Yeah. And, and let me be clear too. I'm, you know, I'm not one of those people that's even after the terrible Northwestern loss, I'm not one of those people calling for PJ flex head. Like I'm not, I'm like one of the last people that ever wants to fire a coach when things are not going as well as you would hope they are. I just, you know, from a bigger picture standpoint, I had hoped seven you know in year seven of the pj fleck era that we would be a little further along than this and at some point i think we can't keep going back to 2019 and just keep you know keep waving that waving that flag it was a great year it was a lot of fun it was a type of season that the program has not had in many many decades (laughs) um but at some point we we got to have the the there has to be something that can come close to that 
you know, if you don't win 11, if PJ Fleck never wins 11 games again in his go for tenure, that's okay. But you've got to, you've got to provide, I think, a little bit more um, hope that, that, that the Gophers can get back to a season like that again. And the last couple of years have just been, I mean, you kind of throw out the COVID year or whatever, but um, the last two seasons, you know, last year, or I'm sorry, 2021. And then last year, there's just been a little bit. It just feels like there's been something not quite there. That magic of 2019 just hasn't quite been there. And I want to see PJ kind of come close to replicating that again. And well, right now, right now they're nowhere near that right now, well, obviously. And there's been missed opportunities. I talked about it last week with Daniel House. There's basically since the COVID year began, there's been a clunker every year that you just can't explain. Maybe this year's clunker, albeit the typical clunkers for the Gophers have just been no showing games that they should win and losing. They have had a few of the clunkers where they've, you know, put themselves in really bad situations, losing a game late like they did to Northwestern. My hope is I've I've said the bare minimum, the expectation for the Gophers is to go to a bowl game every year and I'll reserve judgment till the end of the year, because if this team does go six and six coming off of a couple nine win seasons, if you include the bowl game, I can't be too much of a hypocrite because that to me is kind of what I expect. I think a program like this is going to ebb and flow a little bit. But to your point, Manny, yes, I agree with you. Even the last few years when you've been able to have nine wins, and go to bowl games and win them. They're not premier bowl games, and you've lost, uh, you've left some meat on the bone losing te- losing to teams that you should beat. I don't, I don't know if PJ Fleck and a PJ Fleck program can truly feel stale, but this is about as stale and stagnant as it has felt here. And I think he'll, when we get to the offseason, if he's still the head football coach here next year, I think there's a case to be made that maybe he won't be, not that he's going to be fired. He might choose to go somewhere else, Michigan state time will tell on that. Um, He's going to have to sit down and decide how he wants to build this thing. Does he want to utilize the transfer portal more? Does he want to stick with the, as he says it, we're a developmental program. Well, if you're going to be a developmental program, that gives you less chances to hit that high water, that high bar mark. I mean, you can do it that way, but now it's even tougher than before because now you're banking on those kids that you're bringing in that are three-star kids that, you're going to develop and coach up to what would equate to a four or five star by the time they leave here, you're assuming they're going to stay. So he calls it a developmental program, but then at the same time is telling us all to go drink duck, duck beer and parlor burgers. So he doesn't lose players. And, and I also get what he's up against, but I said this last week, the NIL stuff, it's not unique to Minnesota. It's 115 programs in the country of the same issues that Minnesota has where the other 15 are going to try and poach and purge from the other 115. Manny, I got news for you. It's always been that way. So I really don't think a ton has changed. I think it makes it harder, but I don't think it's as hard as a lot of these universities are trying to make it out to be. And oh, by the way, there's also something to be said for the PJ Flex of the world that are making six to $10 million a year. You know, if maybe if you didn't make so much money, there might be a little bit more money for an NIL collective. I know that isn't specifically how the money gets to the collective, but it all adds up in some way, shape or form. And you know what, Ross? I got I got news for PJ Fleck. Guess what, PJ? The conference is getting tougher in the next couple of years. Also, I don't a lot tougher. 
I don't know how to break it to PJ too. I can put a lot of beers away. Hence, you know, look at this body. <laughs> I can't drink enough beers, nor can the state of Minnesota do to keep um, every player here. It's just not going to happen. You know, it's, and I appreciate what the collective is doing. At some point I'll break down and start giving them 10 bucks a month, but it can't just be people like you and I giving a hundred dollars a year, 10 bucks a month. Yeah. I saw the San Francisco 49ers. No, the Vegas Raiders are giving UNLV a million dollars. Now I know if the Minnesota Vikings try to do that, then St. Thomas is going to say, where's our money? Where's our money? That's a can of worms. I'm not saying it's got to come from the Minnesota Vikings, but what I am saying is the communities in this town, the U of M needs to work with them to forge relationships and say, Hey, Instead of you giving $25 million over X amount of years or $50 million to the Minnesota Vikings, can you can you squeeze like $2 million out of that budget for us? They need to do a better job doing things like that to get the collective to really have money. Then maybe Minnesota can become one of those programs that's in the top 10, top 15. Something, something tells me if the shoe was on the other foot and the Gophers were poaching from other universities, we'd have a less of a problem with it. Yeah. 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 No, I think, and I think, I think I'm stating, I think I'm stating the obvious there too. Okay. Uh, we're going to hear from beans coffee company at the conclusion of this podcast, but what I'm going to do with Manny for just a few minutes, I mentioned October 5th of 2004, the last time the Minnesota twins won a playoff game before we recorded this, obviously people might be listening to this in a day or two. And with a little luck, maybe the twins have won a playoff game or two. But with that said, the next day, the Twins would then begin their 18-game current playoff losing streak. Manny Hill, throw the playoffs aside. What do you remember about your 2004 Minnesota Twins? I'm going to give you five questions. These are just for fun. Okay. I hold you to a high standard, as you know, so I expect you to know a lot of these. But also, it's been 19 years, so you may not know all of these. Home runs. Who led the 2004 Minnesota Twins in home runs. I'm going to say Torrey Hunter with 26. Ooh, Manny. Torrey Hunter was third. Can I take another stab for fun? Torrey Hunter was third with 23. Uh, Wouldn't have been Koski. Morneau only played half the season. That was like Morneau's rookie year. He played like half the season because that was the year they traded Mankiewicz to the Red Sox um, at the deadline. And I think the Red Sox were in town playing the Twins at the Dome, too, when they traded when they traded Dougie Baseball over there. Yeah, I was uh, there. I remember that. Uh, gosh, if it wasn't Torrey, wouldn't it have been Jock Jones? Gosh, I'm going to need a second here. Well, I was just going to tell you five, four, three. <laughs> I think we're going to get a buzzer here. Uh, two, one. Gosh, I was pretty confident. I was pretty confident, Tori, being the guy there. Okay. Well, who was it? You said it wasn't this guy. You said it wasn't Corey Koski. It was Corey Koski. And it was did Corey Koski. He, did, yeah. he hit, did he hit 26? Tori Hunter at Tori Hunter, sorry. Corey Koski at 25 home runs. Jack Jones hit 24. Tory Hunter hit 23. Okay. In okay. the year 2004. Who led the 2004 Minnesota Twins in runs batted in? Would that have been Tory? 
Okay. Good work. Torrey Hunter had 81 RBIs in 2004 and led the team and wow. runs batted in. Wow. Uh, Jack Jones second with 80. Lou Ford third with 72 oh, runs yeah, batted right. in. That was, that was Lou, the Lou Ford. Ford yeah. <laughs> I think Lou, Lou hit what, 299 that year? Oh, I don't have that in front of me. I'm sorry. Uh, actually, maybe I do. Yeah, you had 299. Good call. Good, good memory. Stolen bases in 2004. Who led the Minnesota Twins? Wow. Uh, Christian Guzman? That's a really bad buzzer, by the way. I should have picked a different one. This doesn't sound like a buzzer. This sounds like a technical glitch. <laughs> you gotta get the you gotta get the family feud one on there. There oh this might be it. Is, is this the family feud one? Oh well it's Well you keep <laughs> guessing. Let me let me try and uh, fix this. gosh. Who who else would have been Oh wow. I'm, I'm <laughs> That is not the Family Feud buzzer. That's a phone. <laughs> I no, I think that is the fam. That's a Family Feud thing when they hit the when they hit the button when they want to. Oh, guess, oh, the, the okay, okay. I think that's what that is. Uh, can you tell I'm a Family Feud nerd? <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Uh, I have no answer right now. If uh, it's not Christian Guzman, it, would it have been? Well, it wouldn't have been Jock Jones. Would it have? No, Jack, Jack wasn't much of a base player. No. This was the year, I believe, that somebody just decided about a handful of times he was going to take off on first movement and be halfway to second base before the pitcher even realized it. This would be the year of Torrey Hunter leading the team in stolen okay. bases. I was, he had okay. 21 stolen bases. Manny, you could redeem yourself. You're one and two. Yeah. You can okay. redeem yourself in the pitching category. We all know Johan Santana led the team in wins in 2004. Who was second in wins in 2004 for the Minnesota Twins? A couple options here. Uh, was it our guy Brad Radke? Oh, Manny. I'm blaming this on the early record time. <laughs> yeah, I probably, probably need more sleep. Okay, who else would have Brad been? Brad Radke was third. There was somebody between Johan Santana and Brad Radke. People all across the upper Midwest, oh, the country, and the Carlos world Silva. are shouting Silva. at the top of their lungs, Carlos Silva. Carlos Silva. That's right. Yeah. All right. And the final one for how well do you know your 2004 Minnesota Twins? Who led the team in ERA in 2004? Guess it was probably a reliever. It probably wasn't Johan. Johan, I think Johan's ERA was two two sixty one. If I'm if I remember that, <laughs> I love that you nailed that fact. Two yeah. two sixty one was, was Johan's ERA. 20, he was twenty and six with a two sixty one ERA. Um, that is also correct. Good work there. Way to redeem yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should get a bonus point for remembering that. Um, so I'm guessing it was probably a reliever. Was it um would that have been would that have been Joe Nathan? Because that was the first year Joe Nathan was a closer, right? Yeah. Do you want to guess his ERA? <laughs> I'm gonna say it was under two. I'm gonna say like one one eighty nine. 
162. 162. Okay. Uh, Juan Rincon that year, I believe he was probably using PEDs, had a, uh, had a ERA at 263. Yeah, he was great that year until he gave up the home run to Ruben Sierra in game four. Twins actually had five pitchers, three of them relievers, two starters with ERAs at essentially three and a half or below. Brad Radke that year, my guy went uh, 11 and eight with a 3.48 ERA. Pretty good stuff. All right, Manny, um, what do you think? Twins going to win a playoff series? Twins going to win a playoff game? We'll close with that. I think I, I think they're going to beat Toronto, but I think it's going to take three games. I like that positivity. I reserve my judgment to believe or not believe. I don't know how much I actually believe that, <laughs> what I just said, but I do I do think they've got a pretty good shot. Uh, I think they've got as good a shot as any time they've been in the playoffs recently. So. I told somebody this morning grabbing a light breakfast, I said, here's the way I look at it. You know, for for people who are going to game two, you're either going to see a team that has already ended their losing streak trying to win a playoff series, or you're going to see a continuation of history, a team that likely is going to lose 20 playoff games in a row. So, well, (laughs) I don't want there to be an in-between. I either want you to lose 20 in a row or I want you to win the series. It would feel so hollow if you just won a playoff game but didn't win the series. That's my thought. We celebrated with champagne. (laughs) <laughs> that is my thought. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, very quickly, if you win the wild card round, I will say this. I don't think you do a full on celebration. You got to turn around and play either. right away. I think it's got to be, you could pop your champagne in your booze, but it's got to be very light and it's got to be very quick. It can't yeah. match the division one celebration. Swig. One yeah. swig. That's <laughs> one, it. one swig and hit the shower, boys. That yep. is Manny Hill at Manny Hill 84 on the X machine. I am at the Ross Brendel. Thank you, Manny Hill. Yes, sir. And thank you so much to you for consuming this podcast. Make sure you tell your family and friends, please rate and review and find us on YouTube. I'm back in a few days with Daniel House to talk Gophers football. As promised, a special segment with my friends from Beans Coffee Company, coffeebybeans.com. As always, don't forget that promo code SPORTSCHAT to save you a little cash at checkout. John Michaels, Clay Sharkey from Beans Coffee Company. How are you boys doing? You're looking nice and chipper. Thank you. We dress to match every day. Yeah, John didn't give me an option. I had to wear this shirt, so I matched him. And if I was if I was smart, I would have done the same thing. But my uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers have a big game tonight in the Canadian Football League, so I'm uh, I'm ready for that. There are proud. I have teased, yeah, make my other country proud. I have teased for a couple episodes now that there's some big things happening with Beans Coffee Company, and I'll let either John or Clay take it away and share some of the big news that is happening. All right. Well, yeah, our big news is that um, we're actually going to go and have a physical space. So it's been something that people have been asking for about us since really the beginning, uh, which is when are you guys going to have an actual coffee shop? Um, and then we actually had one kind of fall into our laps a little bit. One of our existing customers um, decided she wanted to kind of move towards retirement. Um, and she you know, has enjoyed working with us so much that we were her one and only call. And uh, then we were able to get going on it. So I'm excited for me because I'm going to show up there and be announced to you guys one day and do a podcast at a date to be determined when it makes sense. But I think this has to be super exciting for you two and the entire team just because it's kind of an affirmation of what you have been doing with the online store and the pop-up shops and the trailer because, uh, look, as I've joked before, obviously I'm going to say I love the coffee because there's a little bit of skin in the game for me. 
but I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't like it. And it is, if I can say it, it's really damn good. And I know the people that have tried it also think the same thing. So let's talk about that because I think how you guys got started is a great story. And I do want people to know that. So if either one of you wants to handle that and how it all kind of came together, I think that would be fun to spend a couple moments on. Yeah, I think uh, spend what, 10 years? Something like that. About that, depending, you know, don't don't ask the state of Minnesota. But uh, Eric, who's not here today, um, which who wouldn't have fit in the in this area, and no. wouldn't be standing extremely close if he was here too. He's some not enough either. Some would say this worked out well. And, and for the for people that are listening in audio form, if you watch on YouTube, you can see the uh, nice confined space that John and Clay are confined to right now. But it fits. You got all the you got all the mixes behind you. A lot of coffee paraphernalia if i can say that so it looks good but let's yeah let's let's talk about how this all came together yeah eric and clay just kind of met each other and decided that uh being in the same banking industry they should probably start a coffee company and uh, they did that for a number of years yeah and, and like with us having an actual coffee shop that had always been one of the ultimate drinks um but what we kind of realized just with um, younger families uh and full-time jobs too that was just a leap at the time that we weren't willing to make. Um, but we figured that, or we figured that doing the roasting um, wholesale and through the internet um, kind of gave us a way to go step into it. Um, so rather than jumping into a coffee shop with the unknowns of whether or not people are even going to show up, we we're able to kind of start on the wholesale side, which is a lot easier to do nights, weekends, over lunch breaks, um, kind of build that clientele in more or less from our standpoint, you, we waited long enough so that the, boat was closer enough, close enough to the dock before we take the leap. Um, and now since then, we've got you know clientele built up and Deb, who's um, the prior owner of the space that we're in, uh, is really helping us out in that she's already got an existing clientele base and already used to seeing our logos around and it should make for a pretty smooth transition. Let's talk about that physical space. Just exactly where is it? Because the beauty of being a podcast, there are listeners all over the state. And if they're not currently in your city, we all travel. We all move about. I'm in your city a fair amount. So let's talk about that physical location where people can find it. Our physical address is 229 Belgrade Avenue, North Mankato, Minnesota. So we're just off of Highway 169 as you come into the, I would call it probably Midtown exit. Yeah. And so you think of like the the main street area of, of north mankato that's right where we're at right smack down in the middle of that boys i i don't want to pat your back too much but i do want you to explain why your coffee is so fantastic and for those that hear me talk about it all the time that have yet to order any coffee why should they what sets it apart i know the roasting process is different i know the things that you do is different but what makes your coffee so dang great Sure. And like the, you mentioned the kind of the two things. The other thing that's different about us, John's kind of a different guy. And so having that <laughs> there, no. a little bit of like extra to it, but you kind of love in every bag. There you go. But yeah, it, it really comes down to the, those two things that you mentioned, which the first one is the roasting process. Um, so when people think of like a coffee roaster, you know, they think of like the drum roaster they might see in like a Dunn Brothers or something. Um, and inside there, it's a self-contained system. There's a flame going and the, and the beans are tumbling in their own smoke um, inside of there. Now, coffee is a pretty porous substance. And so then when it's tumbling inside its own smoke, it's going to go and pick up a lot more of those toastier flavors to it. 
Um, whereas us, we do what's called fluid bed roasting, which is kind of like just doing it with hot air. Um, so think of like a giant industrial sized hair dryer. That's what our roasters more or less are. And it shoots that superheated air into a pile of beans for a period of time, roast it up. But what ends up happening is since that air is coming in and then leaving right away, that smoke never sits on the coffee. And so then you get a lot more pure taste of what the actual coffee tastes like versus tasting the roasting process. It's like an overgrown popcorn popper. Yeah. And so then you couple that with the fact that when we do our coffee, we um, roast it and deliver it within two days of uh, being roasted. And so that freshness element is something that people just aren't used to. Um, when you buy something off of a shelf in a grocery store, you know, that coffee's been roasted, transported, gone to a warehouse, sat for how much period of time, got to the shelf, sat for a period of time, got thrown around and beat up. Um, our coffee, it's literally, you know, John adds his love to it. And then uh, it's within two days that we roast it ship it and a lot of times we're shipping inside of minnesota and it's being delivered the next day so within well, two days or if you really live in mankato we do free local delivery and so it's like you know borderline hours of roasted is when it gets delivered my sources tell me that one of my favorites the perfectus blend is a uh, john michael's concoction so i don't you know want to give him too much credit but i do love that and the Mikado is fantastic and I think, can one of you two share the, the Mikado is maybe, was that like the original name of Mankato or there's some story there with the Mikado, isn't there? It's an error in the, I guess, transliteration of the, I think was it uh, Sioux or Ojibwe, I can't remember who was actually running the area, but uh, yeah, the, an H was turned into an N and the rest of us have been mispronouncing it ever since. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they blame it on a, on a um, not so detailed typist up at the state of Minnesota. Uh, when they typed in the name Makato, they just didn't have that top part of the H really long enough. So that H got converted to an N and we are now Mankato. But as far so. as I understand, it's the, the name for the confluence of the Blue Earth and Minnesota rivers as we know them today. The beauty of Minnesota sports chat, if it's not a Minnesota sports factoid, you'll learn something. You just got some deep Mankato history right there. I do want to give you guys a plug for a couple things. You have that trailer that I know you take all around and people can have that. Maybe they can bring it to their business or maybe it's some type of even maybe they want to do a fundraiser with it. But you guys also partner with fundraisers as well. So I want you to be able to to promote that as well, because one thing my main nine to five job is very big on as well as myself is giving back and doing good service and i know you guys are are a part of that as well yeah and that's something that's gone over really well around here especially on that um employee appreciation um uh, events um it's really a good way to go and start off a monday um with your crew as you go and basically <laughs> have the coffee uh, trailer go and show up and all of a sudden everybody's in a lot better mood to go and start that monday off than they might have otherwise been I know if somebody gives me free coffee or free anything, I'm instantly a lot happier no matter no matter what I'm doing. Uh, John and Clay, recap, you got the big store opening coming up here very shortly. Uh, just, again, remind people where it's at and maybe uh, just how to learn more about that. I'm assuming at the, at the website they'll be able to find more here shortly. Yeah, so, uh, again, physical address. 229 Belgrade Avenue in North Mankato. So think of the downtown area of North Mankato. That's where we're, we are at. We do not have a set opening date um, quite yet. We are in the throes of getting people hired, but so far we've got about five or six baristas hired. Now we got to get them uh, trained and actually know what they're all doing so we can go and put out the coffee like we like to have put out. We will be um, 
the best place to go and kind of keep tabs of when uh, the shop is open. Um, if you're on our email group, we'll send a blast out there on our website. Otherwise, uh, Facebook would be a great spot too. Social media. Yep. And the website is coffeebybeans.com or uh, a redirect from beanscoffeecompany.com. Love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. And also thank you for supporting this endeavor of mine. I really appreciate it. And I, I, I'm sorry, I missed the opportunity to match. That's totally my fault. But you two look sharp for those watching on YouTube. So it's thank okay. you very much. Speak in the back door, you can wear it then. And we'll make Perfect. sure to perfect this on brew for you. Trust me, you guys are in trouble if I'm if I'm back there as a barista. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants that, nor do we need that. Thank you both very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Again, the website, coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. Promo code SportsChat.